these are these real people? These no. are also little animals that you talk to. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome to South Jersey Girls. I'm Klein Aliardi. I'm Jane Feld. I'm Elise Notariani. And I'm Marianne Aliardi. And today we have an interview with New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persicelli. Um, but first, I need to talk about the really, really small COVID era wedding that I went to because it was just so different than what we thought this event was going to be. And mm. it was really cute, but I don't know. Has anyone else experienced this yet? I haven't gone to anything in person, but I have a Zoom wedding this weekend that I'm very excited about. Oh, wow. nice. A Zoom, what's a Zoom wedding? I think they're going to get, have like a nice ceremony and we're just all going to watch it from the comfort of our own couches. It's <laughs> how I want to experience every wedding for the rest of my life. No, that stinks. No, you want to go to weddings. Weddings are fun. I think I've said this before. I love the small wedding trend where you don't have to invite people that like you saw when you were five because they're kind of your parents' friend who they see at the grocery store every once in a while. According to my mother, the bride and groom don't pick the wedding guest list. The parents do. Okay. Even if the bride... You have 100% said that to me before. No, I didn't. What I may have said to you is... The bride and groom has their people, but then the mom and dad, they have their people too. Like, yeah, there are people that- That's what she's talking about. That, yeah, but I don't, you said that, that, that the parents pick to do the wedding list. That's not true. They have people that they should invite, whether, whatever, regardless of the, oh my God, I'm starting Regardless of the relationship they have with you. And, and but a- at the same time, I'm also totally fine if you want to go to a beach and it's just like 10 people. I think that I've, I had a really big wedding and I've often said the wedding itself would have been more meaningful if we just went somewhere and it, there were 10 people there. I don't know. I like that idea. And it's also just a good excuse not to have people that you feel obligated to invite. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have anyone at your wedding if you really don't want them there. You know, like that's not. Oh, I have this recorded. <laughs> yeah. File that one away, Klein. This is like therapy for the LER. I know. I know. That other podcast is going to be things my mother told me that actually she never did tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Which apparently is everything I remember my mother saying. I think that's correct. See, I just, I'm heading back inside. I'm, I'm kind of hunkering back down like I did in March again. Except the difference is now I have a nice apartment that's also mine instead of living in my boyfriend's house that I accidentally moved into for four months. That's progress. Define accidentally. When quarantine hit, I think he came to visit me in Jersey. I was living in Cherry Hill then. He came to visit me in Jersey for a couple days, and we figured if we're in a quarantine anywhere, it's better to be in his house where none of his roommates were living anymore because they all went to live with their parents And instead of being in an apartment building. So I left for a week and then didn't come back until four months later. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't have a lot of clothing options. Or- I was going to say, didn't you run out of clothes? Oh yeah. I just, I wore the same thing every day. Um, I went back a couple times to grab like blankets or livable things. Like boys don't Mm. own anything, anything, (laughs) measuring cups and oven mitts and soap, nothing. They own nothing. I'll I'll vouch for her limited wardrobe because we were FaceTiming every day and it was like, oh, you're wearing the same clothes. (laughs) I had like four sweaters and you just rotate it out. It's great. When do you you think it was that we realized this is going to be long? You know, initially it was like, oh. For me, it was August because in June, in like mid-June, I thought we were 
getting better and I thought I was just going to keep because remember everything started reopening not when in, oh yeah beginning of June yeah but yeah then the restaurants weren't you know backtracked but I felt we did a story for the September struggle um and our our great writer Kate Morgan had interviewed some woman who just epitomized every person I knew with kids who um was looking at it like okay, we're out of school, but we'll be in at Easter. And then it's, mm. okay, camp will be normal. And then, of course, camp wasn't normal. And we're like, well, we're doing this because we want our kids to be in school in September. And um, I'd say most of us are remote school right now. So, But we're not still clawing onto something. My quarantine at-home hobby has been playing Animal Crossing on my DS yeah. now on, so. I don't know I, what that is. It's, Explain. Um, it, it's this game. Um, it's like a Game Boy game, and it's, you make this, like, village full of, um, or you have this island. You make an of, island. Yeah, you make an island full of these, like, little animal villagers. I started playing it when I was, what, like, seven or something, which seems to be the appropriate age to play this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just, like, cult following. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, people, people my age, people older, like, people love this game. And and I, wait a minute, it's, is it animals who are the villagers? Yes, but you're a person. Okay. I thought you were an animal. No, everyone else is an animal. And are you living on the island with all the animals? Yes. Just you and the animals? Uh-huh. Do the animals talk? Yeah, yeah. It's oh, like regular sure. people. Okay. Know. But you, you like make, um, you can like build the island and you can decorate it and build all these things. People My- are crazy talented. Yeah, my favorite part about Animal Crossing is the fact that it's not, there's not like, the point of Animal Crossing is to curate the best house, home, pretty much. I wouldn't even say there is a point to it. (laughs) I was going to say, how do you win? Like, There's no objective, but it's so much fun. But don't, isn't that like all you talk about when you talk about Animal Crossing is how great your island is? I mean, true, I do have a five-star island, I'm not correct. There you go. Five star by your rating system? Oh, no, no, no. The no. town hall rates it. And you the go town? and you have town hall. You go and you talk to town hall and you say, I want to hear about my island. Who's and town hall? Who's the, town hall? It was you go into like, there's a, a bit like a visitor services building and you go in and there's um, Tom Nook who does all of the building stuff. And then there's, I forgot her, <laughs> Isabel who runs the, um, who runs the island. And Wait, are these, these real people? Yeah. These no. are also little animals that you talk to. Oh my god! What are you talking? Isn't about? is Tom Nook? Is Tom Nook a fox? Yes, he he's a little. Fox. Okay, that's what. I think. So, do you have thing. to pay like with a lot of the games where you can get further if you pay money to do stuff? No Bitcoin. Totally fair. Bitcoin? Oh. You mean? Yeah, I meant that. Does anyone have stuff that they were? going to do in quarantine and just didn't like my desire to buy a nintendo switch which i still haven't done yet come come borrow mine well i I was gonna um start playing the piano again and have my my youngest son give me lessons but it turns out that everyone's so into piano the the three boys that there's never a time when the piano is not in use and i had to kick one of them out of here to do the podcast so (laughs) I think we're gonna have to wait till they're out of the house. I, I might buy a piano. I may trade in my uh, dream of getting a switch and get a piano instead. Wait, Clay, do you play the piano? Yeah, well, like yes, I do. 
um it's been a bit but like i was home recently and just sat down and was playing old sheet music which you can still read notes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, for sure no 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 i was wanted to learn when i was a kid and then i just my parents had too many kids that's a lot of effort you can come here and learn okay we teach me yeah once i get the piano oh my god i'd love that i'll teach you how to play piano you teach me how to make espresso martinis oh fantastic and then we can drink espresso martinis and play the piano except i think that would mean i would have to get an espresso machine which since i don't drink coffee might be weird i'll bring it with me is that crazy? Is it crazy to buy an espresso machine strictly to make espresso martinis? No. Yes. <laughs> I'm there, are other kind, there are other kinds of martinis you can make. You don't have to buy anything. Yeah, but I don't like martinis. I like espresso martinis. Yeah, well, we have philosophical differences on this issue, Marianne. <laughs> you and I? Yes, we do. Yeah. Is that the only kind of martini you like? We're so off topic, but... <laughs> well, I no, like... Because the quarantine martini thing is because of quarantine. Quarantini. Yes, I've, I've had many a quarantini in my time. <laughs> yeah. If anyone listening has martini recommend, quarantini recommendations that won't require me to buy an, a completely different kitchen appliance, please let me know. Has anyone known someone who got COVID? Well, we did. Uh, my neighbor and my uncle both died from COVID. They were in their 70s, it was pretty shocking because they were both healthy leaving, leading up to that. And it was sad because they died alone, which was terrible. And it really just reminds you of why we were doing all this. Yeah, I feel like it's easy to talk about, you know, your, your quarantinis and not changing your clothes that often. And it's all fun. And then you realize it's a real reason that we're... Yeah, yeah I, I feel like we felt it more early when um, it was just coming around and a lot of healthcare workers were getting sick. And uh, my brother is an ER doctor in South Jersey. We were very worried about him and we were separating from his family, keeping him away from my mom. And so we just feel really thankful that he's been okay. Hi, Commissioner. It's so good to see you. I know you're just getting out of self-quarantine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I was exposed, um, but luckily, uh, no symptoms and tested negative. Great. Okay, so the second wave, can you tell us just how serious is it, and does it only end with a vaccine? Well, that's really interesting because everybody wishes it would end with a vaccine. You know, a vaccine's going to take a while to take effect. You get particularly with the first two vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna. Both of them require two doses and you need to build up immunity after your doses. The most important thing is all the prevention strategies, masking, socially distancing, avoiding uh, large gatherings, uh, you know, even masking in your house if someone from your bubble is, is uh, in the house. Uh, the surge is serious. We're seeing uh, the same increase in cases that we saw back in March, but the trajectory, the steep incline is not as steep. So it's creeping up more slowly. So our predictive modeling shows that we, if we do nothing, if people don't pay attention to the prevention safeguarding mechanisms, we could be right back into April, similar to April, uh, Mm -hmm. mid-January. Wow. Okay. And I know one of the big concerns is that that causes a strain on the healthcare system. 
What exactly does that mean? Well, we run out of beds. We run out of equipment. We run out of personal protective equipment. Uh, and um, we run out of staff. So we have controlled for most of that. We learned from the first surge. We have a stockpile, a strategic stockpile in New Jersey for personal protective equipment. We have a stockpile for ventilators. Uh, we have a mechanism uh, to allow the hospitals to increase their critical care capacity. And since March, we know every day, every bed that is filled in our hospital, medical, surgical, and uh, critical care. And we know that if it reaches uh, a level where we don't have like 10% of our critical care beds available, we have to put in some restrictions or curtailments. Uh, we're not there yet. Uh, what we can't control for is staffing. Yeah. Staffing will be a problem. Uh, last time we were able to pull from other states, every state in the nation is in the same situation. So we work with our hospitals on uh, staffing plans, moving from conventional staffing to contingency staffing to crisis staffing. I think what we missed in the last surge that we will not miss this time is to really educate the public to what that means. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't realize, so you're saying that in the spring staffing, you had to pull staff from other states. We actually had a whole core of nurses that came in from Denver, wow. uh, Colorado, uh, uh, definitely uh, Pennsylvania, uh, all of the states that did not get hit like New York and New Jersey. Wow. So nurses were coming in. Uh, we were waiving, um, we were uh, 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 developing reciprocity rules, you know, waiving uh, uh, a lot of the restrictions. Yeah. Uh, we did that for nurses and for uh, nurse aides. Okay, so the vaccine, what role will the health department play in distributing it? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, uh, we have been planning for this vaccine uh, rollout um, for, since about April. Okay. Uh, we have a team here that um, is uh, the vaccine team. There are nine task forces uh, working on the logistics, the distribution, the public awareness campaign, management administration and budgeting. Uh, so we will have with, with our local partners, and there's lots of them, mm -hmm. hospitals, FQHCs, uh, long-term care facilities, chain pharmacies, local health departments, uh, our links emergency uh, units, um, and our counties, we will be bringing up hundreds, hundreds of vaccine sites in New Jersey. Anybody who wants a vaccine, when we have enough supply, which we hope will occur the end of March, will be able to have a site close to their home to be able to be vaccinated. When you say enough supply by the end of March, what does that mean for everyone? Uh, yes. Initially, we will have limited supply. Uh, we will get doses uh, to our hospitals to be able to um, vaccinate uh, healthcare workers paid and unpaid that are at the high risk of coming in contact with infectious materials. Then we will move to long-term care, our residents and uh, the workers who take care of them. And uh, then as we get more and more doses, 
will move to essential workers. Okay, okay. So here's something that concerns me. If there's two doses, if you miss that second dose within that window, you've wasted, am I right? A, a dose that is really needed. So how do you make sure that that doesn't happen? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And that's probably the biggest dilemma that we have. So everybody that comes to get uh, vaccinated uh, will be enrolled in our uh, immunization system. We will know when they have to come back. They will get a postcard. Uh, they will fill it out. That postcard will be sent to them when they need to come back. Now, we know historically 30% of individuals never follow up. Mm. We know that in hospitals, in our clinics. We know it in our FQHCs. Um, we know it from other vaccines like shingles that require two doses. Um, that's a problem. Yeah. So we are uh, trying, we're having, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have callback systems. We'll have postcards. We will have COVID-19 vaccine ambassadors in our cities uh, that will go out door to door and remind people. We will do whatever we can to get 70% of our adult population immunized in a six-month period. Okay. That's 67 to 87,000 doses a day. You say 70%. Why not 100? Is that just not possible? Uh, well, with the, the vaccine is now not available for children. It has not been tested on children under the age of 16, and it is not available for pregnant women. So we have to take them out of the mix. Wow. Uh, and 70%, you know, historically for flu vaccine, we um, vaccinate 50% of uh, the, the uh, population in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But within that 50% 50, 50 70% are children. So oh. we don't have a great high vaccination rate. Wow. Uh, but we are definitely focusing on 70%. Sure. We wanna get to a level that presents us with community protection or herd immunity is the, the term others use. We, we, we talk about community protection. And in order to do that, we need to get those numbers up. Okay. So last question, what do you think the future looks like? Will we always be wearing masks at some point during a year? We will be wearing masks, safeguarding, socially distancing, uh, staying home if you're sick, working home as much as you can for the next year. Okay. By the time we immunize 70% of the adult population in New Jersey in six months and everybody builds up immunity. And we remember these are new, uh, some of these are new vaccines never used before. Yeah. And we, we, so we'll, we'll, we'll be learning as we're, like the governor likes to say, we're building the plane as we're flying it. Right. We'll be learning, 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 and at the same time protecting ourselves. Yeah. So I expect 2021, um, you know, maybe towards the summer, we know that, that this virus doesn't like warm weather. That's mm -hmm. a good thing. Yeah. Um, towards the summer, going into the fall, if enough people stand up to be vaccinated, we continue prevention. Um, this, is, this mask is uh, the most important thing that I put on every day. And um, I never take it off. So what do you say to people who don't put it on? I, I say help yourselves. You're, it's, it's protecting yourself and your loved ones. Right now, our biggest increase in cases are in younger individuals, 18 to 40. Our largest number of deaths 
are in those that are in their 70s and 80s. So younger people must be infecting and transmitting this virus to older individuals, hmm. their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents, maybe their own parents, and those individuals are dying. Wake up, wake up and wear your mask, socially distant, wash your hands, do the whole thing. It's not that difficult. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. And thanks for talking with me. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me to the talk. I really enjoyed it. It was so great talking to Commissioner Persicelli. Thanks so much to her. We spoke for a while and there's more of the interview for our Women's Empowerment series. If you go to sjmagazine.net, you can hear the complete interview. Thank you for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. There are new episodes every Tuesday, so we will see you next week.